You're listening to The Bombad Generals. General? Hello, and welcome back to yet another episode of The Bombad Generals. I am Matt, and I'm here with Seth and a very special guest, Kyle Dornboss. Welcome, Kyle. Hey, how are you? Ah, not too bad. It's, uh, it's not common that we get the... I, can we say it now? I think we can. It is the number one ranked North America player in uh, in real life play here with us. And I think for the moment, still number two in Invader League. But uh, uh, for my money, I'd say the, the best Legion player alive right now mm. talking with us on our dumb little show here. So thanks for, <laughs> for making the trip. It seems a little subjective. Uh. <laughs> I gotta hype you up so that I can feel like the underdog. Okay. That's it. That's, That's it. fair. Yeah. Underdog by one point in North America. Yeah, I think we interrupted between Luke and myself. I think we interrupted your reign by not even twelve months, right? Because you you had it through Adepticon last mm-hmm. year. Yep. You regained it by December, technically speaking. So pretty pretty impressive stuff there. Yeah. Um. I think I yeah. think really it takes us. I, I was trying to make a list before the show of all your <laughs> accolades. So let me know if I've missed any. I've got Invader League number three champion, yep. Worlds runner-up for the one and only world so far, yeah. and then Atlantic City Open 2021, Nova 2021, SoCal Open 2021, oh, gosh. Uh, no- Nova 2022. Nova oh. was 19, the first one. Oh, 2019, yeah. the first Nova. Oh, right. Was there a Nova 2021? There Probably was not. not. No. There was there was another Nova. This year's Nova, and then PAX 2022. That's missing. I any? think that sounds right. That's is that six? Should be six. Oh, this guy think, knows. Yeah. This guy knows. One, <laughs> two, three, four. I've got five IRL tournaments, Worlds runner-up, and one Invader. Yeah, League. that sounds right. There Boom. you go. Do you, Kyle, do you have like a trophy case of all your awards? Uh, they're just—it's just in a pile on my shelf. <laughs> oh, there you go. That works. Which one means the most to you, actually? Like, if, if which one do you look back on and, and you feel the most proud of? Uh, probably the Atlantic City. Um, that was the that final when I played Luke. That was the first time that we had faced each other in um, like an in real life tournament since the Worlds final. Uh, so it was kind of like a revenge game for me. <laughs> ah. um, and it was one of those games where Luke was just like relatively soundly beating me for most of the game. And then um, uh, Maul just kind of clutched it on some important saves and then basically killed an AAT by himself. And that ended up winning me the game. So um, it was one of those like one of those games that. Uh, you're like losing right up until the last moment, and then suddenly you're not. Um, it feels like you earned it. Uh, I don't know if I earned it, but uh... well, I mean, it feels more so than sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> games just go, you know, well for you, and you're like, oh, that was kind of anticlimactic because I didn't feel like I really earned it. But uh, I mean, that's most of Legion, right? Putting yourself in a position yeah. to to still potentially win even when things are the the odds are against you right it's just knowing hey this is what i have to do to win so i'm gonna go do that and hope yeah that's kind of what i did i (laughs) i hoped and then uh maul made the saves he needed to make it was one of those things he had like 
one or two wounds left and uh, needed to make three saves, and he made all three of them and then survived basically to do the thing that he needed to do at the end of the game. So, um, I mean, confederacies are built on hope, as they say. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's close enough. It reminds me of our talk where we said, if you feel like you're losing the whole game, but you still have your force user, you definitely still have a chance to yep. win. Yeah, no, that but that was a, that was a wild game. So uh, probably that one, I guess if I had to pick one. If you, if you had to pick. Yeah. So I know yeah. looking through that list, I mean, you've won big events with Empire. You've won big events with Rebels, with Droids. So I wouldn't really characterize you. At least I don't think of you as, as being a... A player with a main faction but would you say you have a favored faction and kind of what would draw you to that faction if so the faction that i most enjoy playing is republic um it's got you know it's got all the shenanigans basically um and all this all the synergies uh, i forget which like magic the gathering identity that is but um that's the one that i have the most fun playing I think the one that is most effective for me, at least right now, is unquestionably Empire. Um, and that's true even if you go back to like when I played them in 2019. So, um, yeah. I would say that right now, if I have a, have a main faction, it's Empire, simply because it's most effective for me. Uh, my Discord icon is an Empire one, since you have to pick one. <laughs> um but my favorite one to play is Republic. Is there any specific combos or shenanigans that you like about the P Republic that just sticks out to you? Uh, I know that this is not a popular opinion, but I actually enjoy playing Anakin. <laughs> um, he's, I, I think it's just not a popular opinion between Seth and I. I think yeah. in the wider world, people think Anakin's pretty exciting. It's true, it's true. Yeah, I mean, he's, He's kind of like a template of a force user in that his command cards don't really do anything except just make him a better force user. Um, like, they're not splashy. But he's he's a fairly defensive, fairly flexible uh, force user, and I like what you can kind of build around him with Republic. So, yeah. Um, that surprises me, because I heard you say, you know, like, oh, they've got the synergies, they've got the tricks, and I'm sitting here, I'm nodding my head, because, like, that's why I like force users, and that's why I like certain lists, because of tricks and splashy. But Anakin isn't that, but okay. <laughs> well, Interesting. I guess there's... He's a synergy, I guess. Yeah, there's a difference between, like, he's like efficiency synergy, right? Mm -hmm. He's super durable. Uh, he's cheap. He hits things hard when you swing his lightsaber. Um, and he gives your dudes a bunch of tokens that you can use. So he's not, like, s splashy. What is that, spike? Um, you know, it's, like, his abilities don't... You know, he's not going to be like Yoda and just mm -hmm. do all kinds of crazy yeah. stuff that your opponent's not expecting. But like he's he's reliable. Um, you know, he's he's going to do he's relatively easy to use. He's tough to kill because he gets a free dodge token almost every turn and it kills at least one thing anytime you shoot at him or swing at him. Um, so, uh, yeah, and he's only 155 points, so. He's, like I said, he's kind of like a template for a force user. <laughs> he's kind of he's like the closest thing to a generic force user you can get, I guess. Now I think this kind of dovetails into that discussion because for me, Anakin is one of those force users who is especially useful before he dives. Like uh, some force users don't do a lot other than obviously zoning is very powerful, but because of the token sharing, Anakin can do a lot for your army while he's hanging back. So would you say, playstyle-wise, 
that works for you because you're a more conservative player with the force users or just generally how would you describe your play style and how you approach the game i think like three or four years ago i would have said that i was a very conservative player and i think that i that's probably still my most natural place to be um but I've also played lists like SoCal Open was uh, triple Wookiee, double airspeeder, um, which is the opposite of conservative. <laughs> and then <laughs> mm-hmm. and then Blizzard Force with Vader is very similar too, right? Like Vader's a very aggressive, get in and start whacking things as quickly as possible kind of force user. So, um, and I, I think Blizzard Force, and I hope this is not because it's just like degenerately overpowered, but I think it's the most fun list that I've played as far as like specific lists um because it's kind of it's it's very fragile but it also is extremely mobile and hits really hard so you know it's kind of like the i do what i want list (laughs) it's like jedi the list (laughs) yeah right like jedi are very powerful but they're also very fun to play blizzard force very powerful but very fun to play yeah but also grossly overpowered yeah and you're a degenerate right so (laughs) yeah so (laughs) says the guy who's been talking about playing blizzard Hey, I don't want to. I just have to. I don't. I, I have to play Blizzard because I feel like I have zero chance to beat Kyle at LVO if I don't have Blizzard myself. Well, and if it's that's the problem. If it's not on their radar, then it's you're basically doing a public service, right? Because I don't True. want to have the same situation for Worlds. Exactly. I want to play something else for Worlds. Yeah, it's like it's like Hunger Games. Like you you put yourself forward as tribute, you know, and taking one for the team, basically. And if we want to make a Katniss and Peta pact and walk out there as co-champions, I won't say no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm probably playing Blizzard Force for LVO. I don't, I don't really know. Like, we'll find out in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, unless unless something drastic happens, but they've given no indication that they're going to adjust specifically adjust Blizzard Force in any way. And all of the new rules seem to benefit what was already a very good list. So. Yeah. yeah, and all the top competition is uh, kind of out of out of the game at this point. Not out of the game, but nerfed. Everything else got hit hard. Maul Pikes and Anakin Pikes specifically. So, yeah. eh, it's tough. Yeah. I'll keep thinking about it. I want to find something else. Maybe I'm just too blind to see it, but... Yeah, maybe something with, like, the... I think the medic cut on uh, for Republic for the clones was interesting. I could see, like, Anakin with some medics and... You can make some pretty ridiculously uh, durable <laughs> Republic lists, but I don't. Yeah. I don't know if it's like enough. The courage hurts there, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It's very. I because I, I. I will say I won't. I haven't played it a ton, just a, a game or two. But you've got durable, useful core, but they're coming in at ninety-ish points still, and their courage one. If they mm-hmm. came in exactly the same but Courage 2, I think it's a whole nother ball game. You just lose the action efficiency too easily, I find. Yeah, that's always been the struggle with Phase 1s. Yeah, you're paying 75-ish plus points for something that's Courage 1. And it's just... And Republic really does not have great suppression mitigation in general, you know? No. Nope. Um, their suppression mitigation is Inspire upgrades, basically. <laughs> like... They don't. They don't have any access to compel or dauntless or, you know, they don't have a lot of face ups to leverage strict. So, um, yeah. The next part before we get too into list building, what would you say? Turn zero cards. So deployment, objective, and 
condition in any order, what would you say is your favorite card from each of those categories? Uh, probably hemmed in for deployments because that tends to, you know, most tables are kind of designed, whether it's consciously or not, on like a diagonal to diagonal axis. Yeah. Uh, so hemmed yeah. in tends to kind of get some really like different and interesting setups as far as where the units actually start relative to the terrain pieces. And of course you start really close to each other in hemmed in. So it's very, I've never had like a boring game on hemmed in. Have you ever played VAPS on hemmed in? I have. Yeah. Um, it's a wild time. It's totally crazy. Yeah. Um, objectives. I know people hate on bombing run, uh, but I enjoy it in one specific context, and that's when I have speeders. Um. <laughs> ah, so when you have when you have bombing rum in your deck, you mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. or if I mean, if your opponent also has speeders, it's also really fun. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when I played Snyder at SoCal, we both had speeder lists. I had the, the double T forty sevens, and he had triple staps, and we played bombing run, and it was crazy. Um. So yeah, I'd say bombing run. I actually also enjoy VAPS. I know this is a controversial opinion, uh, but I really like the... You know, VAPS is one of those objectives where the uh, status quo can get flipped extremely quickly and easily because anytime a unit dies, right, that's what happens. Um, yeah. it's. I think it's personally the swingiest of all the objectives. I know people think it's, like, static and boring, but I think that kind of undersells all the like positioning and stuff that goes into it so for me i'd say vaps is almost like the peak like competitive like traditionally competitive legion objective Mm -hmm. in a sense of like i think a lot of legion at that level is all about positioning and like working on small advantages or at least used to be it's maybe kind of changing a little bit but like vaps just takes that up to 11 because it it's so punishing if oh I lost a unit or I put something in the wrong spot and then condition. What's that? Condition. The condition. Oh, favorite condition. Um, yeah. Uh, probably supply drop. Yeah. You have like this. I feel like that's the easy one. Yeah. Cause you have like yeah. this little mini game that you're kind of playing with yourself to see like if you get stuff useful, there's, there's a little like it's strategically interesting, but there's also just a little bit mm-hmm. of randomness to it, you know? So, so uh, shifting gears a little bit, um, Kyle, um, with the new, of course, these past month, we had a ton of new rules come out. I'm sure you read them. <laughs> uh, what are like, of course we, you play blizzard force, but other than blizzard force, what are some like lists or like combos or things that you're thinking about that? Like, man, like this could be potentially really good. Like with the new rules, uh, there's a couple things. Unfortunately, none of them are rebels or droids. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but oh. Uh, yeah, I, so there's kind of two changes that really stand out to me as kind of disproportionately affecting certain lists, and that's the panic changes and then the um, vertical mobility stuff. Um, so for the panic changes, uh, clearly I think Blizzard is already well positioned for that because of Vader. Um, but uh, I am not a Yoda player, but I think that Yoda is really interesting in that context simply because you can dump six suppression on one unit at one time which is going to be enough you know if they only have a courage two commander which is most lists in the game to completely like neutralize a unit from scoring um and in games that matter one unit is often enough to like tip the scales um 
And then you look at objectives like hostage or recover, where you only have between one and three objectives that matter, basically. And um, with the way that the new panic rules appear to be written, you can, uh, if if a unit receives you know enough suppression after it activates, and it's then considered panicked, it will not drop that objective, but it will also not count for scoring. Um, so if you've got Yoda and your opponent goes with a box carrier or the hostage before Yoda, uh, you just go with Yoda and then you dump six suppression on them and they're now holding a worthless objective that they can't give to anyone else. Yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, that seems, yeah, that seems pretty good on those objectives. Um, you know, and clearly jumping Yoda with the with the changes in in verticality seems really good. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, on his two pip turn, especially where you're usually playing burst of speed, but not necessarily like he doesn't get jump on that turn. Um, but now he kind of can. I mean, you wouldn't play burst because it's speed one, it's climate speed one anyway. But um, well, unhindered though, it seems like things kind of all have unhindered, which means he could just. You know, if there's a barricade in the way, boom, who cares now? So, I mean, even that gets a bit of a buff, I would think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I think Yoda benefits a lot from the vertical changes. Uh, Clearly, Vader does. Um, I think clones in general do, simply because one of the struggles, at least playing like an Anakin Padme list that I had, was if you had a awkwardly placed line of sight blocker, you kind of had to choose like a side to go around it. Um, mm, yeah. I actually ran into this in our Adepticon game. Um, oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it had those like super awkward, long, skinny line of sight blockers right near the middle, and I had to like pick a side for one of them. And it just I ended up trying to kind of do both, and then my token sharing was all split up, and it was not great. Um, yeah, if you could just go over top of that, it's a very different game. Yeah, it. I'm I'm hesitant to say this before like playing multiple games with it but i actually think the vertical rules kind of flatten the table if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah um Mm -hmm. because they essentially make all height one line of sight blockers just like woods um and in that context clones are going to be pretty good because they don't have to break up their ball at all they just they just kind of death ball directly towards something and if they run into a line of sight blocker they just roll over it so um i think it could and clones tend to rely a lot on trooper units that don't have uh, mobility keywords so um, I think they're big winners from that vertical change potentially um, I think Empire Empire as a whole because it has a lot of long ranged range units that don't have movement keywords um, you know death troopers short troopers uh, storm HRUs so um, well what Empire is probably one of the factions with the least amount of jump in that's list building right um, what Boba Cad and that's it? Yeah, there's there's no Empire units that are not mercenaries that have jump or steady. Really, they don't have much. Like they don't. You can't even like move to the side and get a, a nice easy shot off going around the corner. Currently, yeah. I mean, it's snows basically. Um, yeah, that's I guess. Oh, good old snows. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, Empire is. It's interesting because I think I was trying to like put my finger on why. The rules changes seem to be good for Empire generally. Um, The the easiest, most obvious one is simply that they have they're the suppression faction, right? So they have all Mm -hmm. the suppression gimmicks 
if you're making suppression more useful, that's going to be helpful to them. That one's easy, but like the all the the other stuff, um, they're kind of like besides being the suppression faction, they're kind of just the vanilla dudes and bodies faction. Um, that like they don't rely that much on on synergies or gimmicks or anything. So anytime you have changes that specifically affect certain strategies, they're going to be mostly neutral to it. No, I agree because it's. Like, if you're already nice and mobile, then the changes aren't really... Like, if you can already do that well, it's not going to help you very much. Versus now, hey, everyone can kind of do that, and now they get the big benefit that they were missing out on. And I will say, having played one game, I guess, with it now, two games, Jumping Vader is nasty. So a unit who also <laughs> likes suppression rules plus verticality rules, man, oh man. Vader is nuts. And Force Choke... With the line of sight changes and the no more scoping, force choke is now basically the only way to to pick up unit leaders or heavies before you would otherwise suffer wounds to to lose them. Yeah, and it's not like Vader was hurting for usefulness before any of these changes either. So. <laughs> nope. One of the things I've been thinking about is that, especially looking towards LVO, is even though... I don't think pure suppression lists are the way to go. Like, I don't think you want to build your whole thing around, oh, I'm going to now cram as many suppressive weapons in as I can. Yep. I do think there's going to be a lot more suppression out there, and you'll, it'll just inadvertently yeah. be something you have to consider and be ready for, because suppression, just normal suppression, is already pretty powerful and pretty annoying. Like, are you changing... In light of that, are you changing anything? I think for me, I'm mostly just like tossing in maybe a copy of Lead by Example when otherwise I would have had Vigilance. Yeah. But I, I guess... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I think that's what you do. I mean, I think you're right in that I don't know that it's like a good idea to... Any more or less than it would have been before to like proactively build a suppression list. Um, because really the only thing that changed is the panic timing thing, which... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you run up against like a Yoda list where your commander has Courage 4, um, that change isn't going to make your list any better <laughs> than it was before. Yeah, <laughs> It's still going to be good at reducing actions, but, you know, it already did that. So, to the extent that like you were already building a suppressive list uh, and that was a thing that worked for you and was good, um, you know, you should probably still keep doing that. But like, if that's not something you were already doing, I don't see a specific reason to do it. If that makes sense um but it's definitely something that you have to build to counter because i think you're right you're going to see more of it and because it it's sort of in like a silver bullet kind of way matters uh a lot in very specific situations i think you have to you know if you want to win six games you have to kind of proactively plan for those situations because if you run into even one of those situations and you're not prepared for it you're just cooked so um yeah, I think I think I'm either trying to play. There's really, I think, three possibilities here. Um, you either just run a courage three commander, which is probably the easiest thing you can do, um, unless you're rebels. If you're empire, yeah. cough cough. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you're if you're empire, yeah. Um, or clones. Or clones. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're droids, I guess you, you got to run Dooku because like droids, droids' whole thing was suppression historically has like they don't have tools to actually remove suppression beyond the rally step because you know they have droid trooper right so mm -hmm. like their faction doesn't actually have any built-in tools to reduce the amount of suppression that you 
take or hold. Um, mm -hmm. So I think you just, you know, maybe you run Dooku if you're droids. I don't know. Um, maybe you throw some lead by example on there, but that feels like really strange because you're not going to need it most of the time. And then there's going to be like one situation where you just lose the game if you don't have it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know what droids do other than run Dooku. Um, for me, I think, you know, if you don't run a Courage 3 Commander, you got to have probably like two copies of lead by example. Um, if you're running a Courage 2 Commander. Or the third possibility is essentially what I think you can do with lists like Blizzard Force, um, which is that you just plan for the game to not go to six turns because one of you is going to be dead. <laughs> um, or your objectives, you know, also in the case of something like Blizzard Force, the objectives are ones that um, that uh, suppression thing is not going to be a huge factor. You mm -hmm. know, it, it doesn't matter. The change doesn't matter at all for bombing run. Um, because panic units already dropped objectives and there's no there's no victory point value to holding on to a bomb at the end of the game um, breakthrough it can potentially matter uh, but often on breakthrough your scoring units are like too far away from each other to impact each other with suppression at the end of the game anyway um, you know you, you either toilet bowl or you like crash into each other uh, earlier and you know, you either make it to your opponent's zone with enough units or you don't. But generally speaking, uh, I think on breakthrough, there's not going to be a lot of situations where, you know, your opponent can like suppress your snowtroopers because hopefully they're just too far away from everything that matters. <clears throat> and um, if they are suppressing your storm or snowtroopers, they probably aren't scoring with the unit that's doing all the suppressing. Right. Because they're probably not getting into your zones. Right, exactly. So that should be like a wash. Um, so that's bombing run breakthrough what else does blizzard run payload it's not super clear that the change actually affects payload i think it's i think it's probably supposed to uh but at least rules is oh, because of where the text is in the payload card right because of the way that the yeah. the way that the rule that they previewed is written uh basically says that they don't they can't score objectives but the way the payload card is written is simply that you count unit leaders and then you move the objectives. And the actual scoring is done by the payload itself, not by the units around the payload. Mm -hmm. um, so at least we're right Forums. now. Yeah, right. Uh, I think right now it's pretty clear that payload is not affected. I think it's probably supposed to be affected. Um, but even if that's the case, you have Vader with Master of Evil. And there's, there's no better combination on payload than that. So... Yeah, that's the thing at the end of the day, right? Blizzard, even if they're a little bit susceptible to the new suppression mechanics, they also are going to be like the number one perpetrators of those suppression mechanics yeah. because they've got Vader with Master of Evil. Yeah, and then what's the fourth one? Uh, hostage? Uh, I mean, if my opponent wants to play hostage against Vader, uh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm all right with it. So, um, yeah, I think... I think lists like Blizzard that are objective skews will be fine. Uh, I think if you take a Courage 3, you'll be fine. I think if you take a Courage 2, you got to take some lead by example. It's probably not going to matter most of the time. Like if you're just playing one-off games at your local, uh, you might not even notice. But if you want to go 6-0 and at a tournament, like, you know, you're going to go 5-1 and if you don't have a plan for it. <laughs> yep. So. Mm -hmm. We talked about Vader, Yoda, Anakin. I'm finding it really hard to leave home for a competitive tournament where you want to go 6-0. I'm finding it hard to leave home without Force Push. Yeah. Are you in the same boat? If you were to build a list without Force Push, 
where would you start or is it a complete non-starter for you these days no it's definitely not a non-starter i mean i brought a list without force push to nova open um and uh, it was it was fine I, I think if you have i think if you don't have force push you definitely need like a specific built-in counter like you shouldn't just play a random gun line that doesn't have any melee units or boba fett mm-hmm. in it mm-hmm. um but i think if you take either version of boba with a whip cord uh that's that's like a nice soft counter you still need sort of a, a more complete plan for dealing with the force user um but that's that's a good place to start um we haven't exactly seen like the full you know we don't know what the uh aptly named myrtleizer or the cricket bat for the death troopers do not death troopers dark troopers um but their base melee profile is kind of crazy and they get to attack twice a turn so i think it's possible that if you run like uh a death a death a dark trooper list um you might not need it because if you know you just run in up in a tight ball and if your force user their force user gets close enough to your dark troopers you just start slapping them twice a turn with a cricket bat um yeah like screen with the dark troopers so they can't really get to your soft underbelly without going through them sort of deal yeah or like sacrifice a storm unit or something uh mm-hmm. you know and then get in there with the dark troopers and start thwacking them with that cricket bat um yeah, I, I think that could be fine. It's hard to know without seeing what that profile looks like. Um, but And then I think... I mean, who knows how good a mass wookie list is going to be in relative terms now that everybody is kind of doing the wookie thing. But um, <laughs> Wookiees could right. get worse with scale. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I mean, we don't know what the new scale does. But like, I think if you're running kind of a mass melee list like that, you probably don't need it either. You know, when I ran the, the yeah. double airspeeder triple wookie thing at SoCal Open, like... That handled force users just fine because they can't hide from the air speeders and if they wanted to hit anything relevant they were in melee with the wookies so yep um i definitely think you can run a list without force push i just but you definitely need a specific plan for why you're not doing that yeah i for me i guess it's two-pronged i feel more and more like it's it's getting harder to counter force users because of either uh burst of speed making it easier for them to engage where they want to or just the overwhelming firepower that is um that is blizzard force but we talked a lot about defending against force force push but man oh man or force users in your lines but for me i miss having the offensive potential of force push as well especially when it comes to objectives so i don't know it's tough for me it's tough but yes i feel like i agree with you boba Boba's probably where it's at. I, yeah, melee skews. They scare me. They scare me still. Uh-huh. With, with the dice creep. Yeah, and they scare me a lot more than they used to with uh, the mobility rules. I mean, besides just the fact that most melee skews have a lot of units with those mobility keywords in them. Uh, you know, if if the if the board is essentially getting flatter, which is what's happening with the vertical changes. Um, then that's going to impact melee units defensively too because ranged units are going to be able to get more shots on them by just kind of cresting over line of sight blockers. Um, yeah. For anyone that has played those TTS maps with the the big sloped hills on them, <laughs> you know, think of like every map like that basically. And those those maps really advantage ranged units a lot because they can just kind of go straight over those line of sight blockers and deny cover and then shoot something on the other side. Um, so that's you know more maps are going to play more like those and i think those are bad for melee units so i'm with you um you know i 
As far as the offensive potential of force push, I think if you're running a list, you know, like I like with with Aiden Boba, um, the reliable chip damage and even in some cases the burst damage at range on a list like that is so incredibly high that um, yeah, I didn't miss force push from an offensive perspective in that list. Let me put it that way. Okay, so you heard it from Kyle, guys. Don't bother running force users at LVO. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Just leave them at home. <laughs> you don't need them. Definitely, we don't want to see them on the other side. Yes. Yeah. Kyle, I don't want to. I don't want to take up too much of your time here tonight. Before we head out, any other any soapboxes you want to get on, or anything you want to plug for us? Uh, no soapboxes. I guess I can plug. I'm I'm not usually on other podcasts, so I'm not used to plugging my own, but. Um, <laughs> I, of course, do have a podcast, The Notorious Scoundrels, which you can find on basically all the places that you find podcasts and also on our website, thefifthtrooper.com. Um, we also have a blog, which I'm the editor for, uh, with roughly two articles a week that come out. So go go check those out. We have a, a stable of writers, if you will, that pump those out. Uh, so go check that out. Um, yeah, that's basically where you can find the content that I'm involved in. Yeah, I can't imagine a lot of people listening who have found this don't already know about Fifth Trooper, yeah. but like, you're selling it short. You've got links to list builders. You know, you guys work with Legion HQ. You've got the ELO rankings. Yep. Legion Quick Guide is a fantastic resource. I'm interested to see how that does or doesn't change come the new uh, core rulebook, but mm-hmm. it's a great one-stop shop after, yeah. of course, subscribing and downloading all of the Bombad Generals podcast. Yeah, for sure, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. yeah. Yes, and even their new uh, game uplink, like for your tournaments. Oh yeah, like, game I uplink. Think, yeah. I don't think you're going to go to a Legion tournament without using game uplink now. Yeah, I think that will likely be the default um, going forward for Legion, so well, Kyle, thanks so much for joining us um, and everyone watching. I hope you have a great rest of your evening or day or whatever time you're listening. Uh, so thanks so much for watching the Bombad Generals and stay Gungan. This has been the Bombad Generals. Listening to Bombad Generals is not scientifically proven to make you a better Legion player. Side effects may include bad dice rolls, missed triggers, game losses, bankruptcy, divorce, vomiting, and sudden death. Ask your doctor if Bombad Generals is right for you. <laughs>